Welcome everybody to another episode of the Advisor Arena podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Malm, and my goal each episode is to bring you fresh ideas, a new perspective, innovative practices from some of the most successful financial advisors in our industry. So thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Advisor Arena podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Malm. And today I have owners and founders of RA Marketing, Richie Hurdle and Andrew Reese. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So I want to share with everyone why I asked you to join the podcast. You run a digital marketing company, and obviously that is top of the mind for a lot of people in business, especially financial advisors. And we have a lot of options for companies that provide support with digital marketing. You know, there are a lot out there. There are a lot that we've worked with that have done a good job, but only one of you have I ever done a Zoom meeting with that had a fat head of their <laughs> business partner behind them. So how do you not want to work with somebody that has a fat head of their business partner on the wall, right? <laughs> Is that not amazing or what? <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I knew I instantly... Oh, I thought these guys are my people. I, I like that. So <laughs> get lonely and I just ask him questions and he's always enthusiastic. <laughs> and, and you got to tell me, is that because you guys are in two different locations and you just miss seeing each other's face? So you had to get a giant fat head on the wall. Yeah, there. So Andrew and everybody else, actually, we, we just hired another one in Colorado. But besides that, everyone else is in Indiana. Um, so I get lonely. I get bored. I'm eating lunch by myself. I'm making calls by myself. So sometimes I just put Andrew beside me and cheers me up. I love that. Well, in all honesty, although I do really love the fat head, the reason I specifically chose you to come on and talk about digital marketing and social media marketing is due to the fact that you really stood out to us last year. So we started a new subsidization program last year. We started paying vendors like you directly on behalf of our agents and in that new program, we let the agents choose who they wanted to work with. We simply paid the invoice and you caught our attention because we were paying all these invoices all to RA marketing. And we reached out to say, OK, we're, we have all these agents that are selecting you. We got to know more about you. So this didn't come about because we recommended you to agents. This relationship came about because so many agents were raving about the results that they were getting and they wanted to use you. Why do you think you get such a high number of repeat business? Um, this is Andrew. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, tackle that one. I think, <clears throat> honestly, the biggest thing that, I, you know, everybody asks me, what's different about you compared to your competitors and this and that? You know, there's a lot of things that we do that our competitors do that are very similar. Um, you know, we use a lot of the same tools, we use a lot of the same applications. Um, the, the hammers, you, see, you know, that, that we use to drive the nails are no different than, you know, some of our competitors. I think it's the way we swing the hammer. You know, it, we, the, the number one thing we, we preach to all of our employees and the, like the, the thing that we've driven home uh, with kind of our internal processes is, is customer experience. We want to make sure that even if something doesn't go well, that the customer is still happy with us because ultimately, you know, them being successful in the campaigns that we run is how we're going to be successful. Getting them to come back for campaign number two, three, four, five, that's where we really start to make our money. I mean, it's common knowledge, I think, in the business world that getting a new client is more expensive than keeping a current client. And so we believe from the very beginning that the way to keep our current client is to have a great product, 
but also have a really great customer experience and make sure that the communication is just absolutely on point every single time. Uh, and, and Richie just mentioned, we just hired another gal that's going to be starting uh, Monday next week. And her primary job, like her only responsibility is to make sure that aspect of our business doesn't slip. Um, you know, she's not going to be bringing in actual dollars, like making sales. So we're, we're just strictly investing in that part of our business to make sure that the customer experience is always top notch. And I think that's why people keep coming back. Uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said we didn't have, that we had a hundred percent success rate in terms of every single campaign we did was, you know, ROI positive and it was amazing. I mean, most of them are, but you know, occasionally we don't have a winner, a winning campaign. But what makes people come back isn't necessarily the product, it's the customer experience. The product is just kind of a nice fringe benefit. I think that's such an important point because we talk a lot about, and I'm sure everybody can, you know, think of an instance in their life in another industry where we've had this, but sometimes the focus is on new clients and it's just on getting new business and new recruits and you know, what can we do to go get new people to our company? And if you're not really zeroing in on making sure the people you've already spent the money to bring in are happy, um, that's a that's a state you you don't want to see your business in. So I I think we can all relate to that. Now, you guys both came from the FMO world, right? You were working directly with financial advisors. You were supporting their business. So, you know, as well as I do, what a challenge marketing can be for some agents unless you're just a glutton for punishment, you likely would not have jumped into offering something you didn't feel you could deliver on. What did you see yeah. other digital marketing campaigns doing that were disappointing that, you know, you were working with at that time that you said, we're definitely not going to do that. We're taking a different approach. Yeah. We really have a classic story where Andrew and I, you know, started in, in the FMO as just recruiters and then, you know, over the years worked our way up. So he was director of sales. I was director of marketing. Um, and we were just doing the mail, just like everybody else was. Send out the mail or just see what relationships we could leverage, um, referrals, all that kind of stuff. But then it was like, uh, okay, there's a clear problem here with diminishing returns and, and all of that response rates with mail. We've got to figure something out. So we really took that and we, we first dove into Google um, AdWords and that, that was really our first start into digital. And while it didn't pan out as a program long-term, it did, it was the first time we were like, Hey, we could put a message out and using words, we could get ideal clients to respond. So that was like a big, and that's only online. We didn't do any mailers. We didn't do anything traditional. It was all through Google. So that turning point kind of in our careers took us out to California and we're learning from people who are mega, mega um, stars in the marketing industry outside of financial services. And we took our financial services roots and built on that training we got from them. We came back, we ended up uh, forging sort of this model um, that we used at the FMO pretty successfully, but being, being in that world, it was a smaller group and we were just really handcuffed with kind of who we could work with, how we could, you know, pivot and move and, and, um, try new things and all of that dollars were pretty, we were pretty tight because we were, we were, you know, working at, uh, trying to get people to just write business, right. The FMO makes the money on the override. So, um, anyway, long story short, we just took everything that we knew and we knew it could be bigger and we, we forged through and, and created RA. Um, and now we've got basically that same model just in, you know, dozens of different topics and, and, uh, brands and that kind of stuff. You mentioned um, direct mail and some other forms of marketing with 
you know, the the Google AdWords and some things that agents have tried over the years. I think we're all pretty clear that digital seems to be really taking over some of the traditional marketing strategies that have been used for years. What about agents that are trying to do combo events where, you know, they use social media efforts to drive some traffic to fill the event, but maybe they're supplementing it with direct mail? What do you guys think about that approach? Um, I actually am, while we're a digital marketing agency and the, the vast majority of what we do is digital, I still think there's a place for print media. Um, I, I still think that in certain demographics, especially in, in, in beyond just the demographics, but in certain areas of the country, uh, a mailer is, is maybe going to be more effective than digital marketing. I, you know, I think of, you know, a place like rural Texas or rural Kansas, you know, some of the, some of the outlying towns where really the population is, you know, 15,000 total people, you know, doing a targeted Facebook ad campaign there may work, but frankly, if, if you're a, an advisor that has kind of that, uh, that authority, that local authority, that celebrity status, if you will, in your local marketplace, might be cheaper to actually do mail and, and you know more cost effective, I should say. Um, but I, I would always say where mail breaks down is the cost and the ability to target accurately. Um, so doing it even in a rural market, if you're going to do mail, supplementing it with uh, just even local awareness on social media, I think is incredibly valuable. And on a larger scale, uh, even with some of the campaigns that we run today, um, in larger markets, you know, like, a, uh, you know, parts of New Jersey or Dallas or Chicago or San Francisco, you know, some of the bigger parts of the country where it is more densely populated, we're actually starting to integrate some, some print media into our campaigns, um, not as a way of, of getting people's attention, but as a way of keeping their attention. So if you've registered for this event, here's a tangible reminder about the event. Uh, and we're, we're starting to integrate that. We've, we've been running some tests on it um, and it has, has moved the needle so far. Really excited about it because it's another way for us to help the advisor confirm those folks that do register for their live local events. Um, and it's a really, it's a pretty unique strategy and uh, it's not, it's not cheap. It's not free. It's not, it's not easy necessarily, but it's utilizing an old school method to, uh, you know, to, to remind people that, Hey, you've registered for this thing and you know, we, we, we want to see you there. And it's, you know, I think, that the, the big advantage of print media is the tangible aspect of it. You know, they can hold this in their hand. They can put it on the fridge. Um, that's one of your digital falls apart. Yeah, you said something there that I just, I, it, it's the reason that we do di- the print stuff is because, yeah, we live in a digital age and we obviously we've built a company on digital. Um, it's not going anywhere. It's taking over. I mean, there's, you know, you can walk into a store and it, it like selects the clothes for you now. Like we're living in this crazy digital world. But we haven't yet in marketing reached the pinnacle of the AI or the augmented reality. Those things really aren't integrated fully yet. So we have to humanize the process. We're not robots doing A to Z marketing. We never will be as financial advisors. We're dealing with obviously heavy sums of money, people's feelings, lives, emotions. And we have to figure out a way to humanize that. And, and we do that with our digital. And I think that's one thing that makes it, you know, really effective too. It's got to be a human touch. You've got to have that handwritten card that makes a difference um, that stands out because all the other competitors who are just, you know, blitzing their territories over and over and over again with the same message, same ads, and never putting any human touch on it. They're the ones that are screwed, not the person who actually takes the human element, uh, you know, into, into mind. So that brings up um, kind of an interesting topic here, because I, I know, especially with filling events through, you know, social media and using the digital process, 
you set realistic expectations, right? For what you should expect for a fall off. Talk a little bit about maybe what that fall off looks like and some of the follow-up process that you do recommend to try to keep as many registrations sticky as you can. Um, so our typical and what we've seen kind of industry-wide nationwide is, is probably about a 45 to 50% drop off uh, across the board. So, you know, using easy numbers, let's just say 50 households are registered to come to an event. You know, we would expect 25 to actually show up if best practices are followed, maybe 30, you know, if, if the advisor does a really good job in terms of what that looks like, honestly, it's, it's, it's not all that complicated. Like Richie said, there's that human element, that human touch that's really, really important. So, you know, lead comes in at two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon or registration, you know, if the, if the team can call that person by, you know, four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon and say, Hey, thank you so much for registering. We're looking forward to seeing you there. It's not a time to sell. It's just a time to confirm this individual. Hey, we did, you know, we are real people. You're a real person. We want to see you at this event. And then and, and kind of leaving it at that. Um, the automated stuff that we do kind of as a part of it, each one of our programs with the emails, those are all important because you know, people expect that. Um, I think people have adopted that in, in this day and age where they expect, Hey, I did something online. I should get an email pretty shortly. Um, but that human element, that, that phone call, that initial phone call is vitally important. Um, and then a call, of course, the day before, uh, the, the, the workshop is, is incredibly valuable as well. People do forget. Um, but, uh, that's really the process. You get a registration, uh, on, you know, on Tuesday at two, you call them before the end of the day and then you call them the, the, the day before your presentation. And maybe, you know, if you want to go the extra mile, maybe you do send out a letter uh, or a handwritten you know, or uh, maybe if it's, you know, they registered two weeks before the workshop, throw an extra call at them, you know, uh, you know, a week in between just to remind them there's, there's, um, there's a lot of little things that advisors can do to increase that, that uh, attendance rate. And we've got, I mean, I don't, I, I never want to oversell it, but we do have a couple of advisors up in uh, Wisconsin that routinely get 65 75 and we even had one to get about 85% attendance at an educational social security workshop. And I, and I called him up and said, what did you do? How did this work? And he said, we just followed your best practices. We did what you told us to do. Um, and it worked. And it's, it's one of those things. It doesn't always work out that way. I never want to oversell it. But um, if you follow best practices and make those phone calls especially, man, the, the, the attendance can just be so much better than what, what people expect. Right. And I think with best practices, we share a lot of that with you know, our advisors that are having a lot of success um, with maybe those that are struggling a little bit. And I think the follow-up process is key. There's so many ways to automate that with technology. I know, you know, a lot of producers have the thing that they use their own. Gradient offers it. But having some kind of, uh, you know, constant communication, maybe it's a little video message from you, you know, after the registration. When I say you, I mean the agent. Maybe it's a letter that goes out, it's an email, it's a phone call, but the more you can do to, you know, stay in touch with them and communicate, that's, I agree, that's really what our producers are doing and that's helping that fall off rate. How do you feel about agents that say, you know, I just wanna post my own Facebook ads, I'm gonna pay Facebook directly to boost those, I'm gonna choose my targeted demographics. What are the results that you're seeing? Is this an area that you're knowledgeable in on, you know, why is it so hard for agents to go out and boost this and do this on their own versus using a company like yours? Yeah, it, it is difficult because there's so many different elements and components. Um, and I think on the surface, you know, we listen to podcasts or we listen to YouTube or go to an event even, and the, the speakers always make it 
sound really easy. You know, just draw a radius and do these ages and throw up this ad and you, it's going to convert. Um, so I think on the surface, it sounds really easy, but what we always find happens is easy goes from spending a couple hours to now 10 hours a week or then 20 hours a week, 30. Now you're hiring a staff and it turns into this like second job that really isn't what most people want to do. It's not your passion. You want to spend time meeting with the people sitting face to face, you know, helping, uh, helping people not doing the marketing. So you could definitely go to Facebook and I think there should be some activity there in some way, even if it's just organically posting a picture of your seminar or, um, we're really big on video this year. Like if you, if anybody has, has followed us, that's listening, you know, that, uh, Andrew and I have heavily invested in the video. Um, and so we always coach our advisors to do that too. Like shoot, shoot a video or let us fly out and shoot a video for you. Um, just saying, Hey, thank you for registering for my seminar. Um, you know, here's what to expect at my event. And then there's like a little overview there. Um, just again, being that personable, uh, per, you know, person that people want to know, like, and trust. Um, so I think, I think there's definitely some work that can be done on, on the advisor side, whether it's just those simple little posts and stuff like that. When it comes to boosting ads, um, you're going to be better off just paying somebody. It's, it, you know, it's more expensive to do the cheap thing, right? In most cases. And that, um, doesn't always work. It's easy money for Facebook. Your reach suffers, targeting suffers. Like there's a number of things there. Um, so that, that's some quick thoughts. Yeah, I think you can get on Facebook and be a little bit swayed by the numbers and think, well, I could do that because you can get on and draw your radius. And it's like, you're going to get in front of, you know, 150,000 people. And I can tell you, I've seen firsthand lots of agents spend money on trying to go boost and do this. And they'll spend thousands of dollars to get, you know, maybe a couple of people to go to a landing page. And you know, what we're finding is, like you said, you've got to complement it if you are going to be doing, you know, be active on social media. If you post things that are personal, things that, you know, show who you are, you know, the videos, the pictures, yeah. the, you know, the organic growth, the best practice that we found in is to have a company like yours that has that larger digital footprint that is the expert in that, you know, don't waste your dollars on trying to do it yourself, spend your time on Facebook doing something personable and spend your money wisely with somebody who knows how to go get that traffic. Exactly. Yeah. To that point, I mean, that's, I, I always say, don't, don't hire a, a roofer to do a plumber shop. And it's just such a stupid little line, but it's, it's true. I mean, essentially you're, what you're going to Facebook and doing is saying, Hey, Mr. Roofer, can you fix my toilet? Um, and they might get in there and <laughs> do something that's not going to be what you want. You know, you're not going to get the result that you want. You're telling Facebook that you want likes and comments and, and link clicks, but you're not telling Facebook that you want conversions. And that's really what, what sets a, you know, a true digital marketing agency specifically for financial advisors apart from just somebody that posts posts on their own is we know how to, to go to Facebook and tell them exactly what we want and get that for a reasonable cost as opposed to, Hey, just show this ad to a bunch of people because they're going to do that and they're going to take your money, <laughs> but you're not going to get the result that you want. So when we talk about social media in the financial services arena specifically, is it primarily Facebook? Do you have anybody doing anything on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or is the primary demographic of boomers and seniors? Is it, is it Facebook that we're zeroing in on? Yeah, it is absolutely Facebook. Um, we do always test behind the scenes because we, we, you know, we practice what we preach as well at RA. So we're running ads. We're doing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Um, so we're always doing stuff on the backside to, to, to see if maybe a new option is emerging. I mean, I even signed into 
TikTok. I don't even know what I was doing there, but I signed into it to try to figure out, is there any merit here? Um, so we're always testing those things, but right now, unequivocally, it's, it's Facebook. It's absolutely the cheapest eyeballs. It's the fastest growing demographic still for baby boomers. Um, and it's just extremely effective. So Facebook for sure. Got it. What would you guys say the most common question you get from advisors is? Is there one that keeps showing up again and again from people out there in the field? Um, yeah, I would, I would say, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of results am I going to get if I do a digital marketing seminar, you know, am, you know, am I going to write any business or are you just going to get me a bunch of people that are <clears throat> tire kickers or plate lickers or whatever else coming to my workshop? Uh, I, I think that's probably the most common, um, right after how much does it cost? <laughs> yeah. How much does it cost? This, this answer, <laughs> how much does it cost? Yeah. This answer is a little cliche based on Andrew's first answer, but really I think we're kind of at a turning point now where most advisors are understanding digitals here. Like it's not really a trend anymore. It's not really like the hot, it is a hot topic, but it's, you know what I mean? It's here. It's ingrained. Like people know that they need it. So really I think it's swapped from, why, why should I do digital kind of disbelief? Is it going to work? Is it not? I think they know it does because there's enough, there's enough success out there in the marketplace that they know it works. So, but the cliche answer is it's more like, what's going to be my experience with you guys? Like those, those are the common questions I get is, Hey, I, I worked with X and I had this complaint, you know, where, where are you different? Or, you know, what hidden fees are there? Or, um, you know, we, we have a guarantee included in all of our stuff, a bolt on campaign included. Um, so it's usually questions about that. Like, what do I get for my dollars and how do you guys support me throughout that process more than it is? Why should I go digital or anything else? Right. I, I think, you know, there's gotta be a mindset shift too, right? With financial advisors that are starting marketing campaigns. The question is often what's the expense, what's it going to cost? You know, they're viewing it as an expense and not an investment. And, that's, you know, that's the wrong way to look at it. If you're wanting to grow a business, the dollars that you spend on marketing aren't an expense, they're an investment. So, you know, looking at the value you get for your investment and what the return on that investment should be is what they should be tracking. Not, can I afford to do this or how much is this gonna cost me? That's a totally different mindset and one that I see a big difference between agents that do continually grow and those that can't figure out why they're not growing. So good point to that. Yeah. Super I'll smart. With that. Okay. So I want to end with giving you guys an opportunity here. Anything that I have not asked that you think, boy, I wish people really understood this about social media or I wish they, they knew X, anything like that, that we haven't talked about yet that you'd want to share. I, I'll, I'll think that one. I think that, the, the big thing that, that we've seen, and we've seen our competitors do it, we've seen agents get enamored with it. I think that, and Richie kind of alluded to it earlier, um, it is possible to go out with a social media campaign and just absolutely blitz the market. And you can go out for the first time in the market and, and get, you know, 80, 100, 120 reservations for a workshop. Um, and, and advisors get enamored with those numbers. They say, oh my gosh, look at how many people signed up for my workshop. Uh, we, we, we preach what we call market responsibility here at RA. Um, because like you said, it's, it's an, you're, when you're running marketing, it's investment in your business. It needs to be a long-term investment. It's not a quick turn and burn where you're, you're running one campaign and, and, and eating that feast right then and hoping that sustains you for the rest of the year. You need to get in the mentality of, I need to be able to consistently market month over month over month to even 
out those marketing cycles, even out your expenses and make sure that you've got consistent income coming in. And so when we run a campaign, uh, a lot of times, the you know, we're, we're looking at, okay, we've gotten enough registrations for this campaign. We're going to turn it off. And when we're talking with an advisor, we have to, we have to share that philosophy with them to say, listen, you know, we could, you know, if we kept going and got you 120 reservations, that's all, that's all great. But can you even adequately work 120 reservations? You know, if, if you have 65 buying units in a room and it's you and your, your assistant working that, can you effectively get the appointments you need out of that room? Can you squeeze the blood out of that turnip or is it too big of a turnip for you to hold? You need to run a consistent, reasonable, a reasonable expectation uh, you know, needs to be had when you're running these marketing programs. Because if the other factor is if we go out and blitz the market in, in, in February, you know, we're going to see those diminishing returns very, very quickly in March and in April. I'd rather see you get, you know, 65 registrations for a two night workshop month over month over month over month, than have you get 130 in month one, 60 in month two, 40 in month three, 20 in month four. And, you know, just this, this slow drop off because you've saturated the market so quickly. Um, so I think that's the, the number one philosophical thing that, that we we really harp on with our new clients here at RA. It's like, Hey, you know, you, if, if you're expecting 120 reservations, you're, you're working with the wrong shop. We could probably do it. Uh, we could get as many butts in the seats as, as possible, but what you want is quality and you want consistent results. Not, you, know, you don't want to eat a feast once you want to eat consistently. I think that goes back to what you said in the beginning too, with making sure you have repeat customers, right? I can guarantee that is a different mm-hmm. philosophy than a lot of the companies that we've worked with. And agents don't realize, you know, more is not always better. So that's such a good point. Consistency is key. Being able to keep the pipeline full rather than just throwing a huge log on the fire and then it just kills everything after that. So what an excellent point. You guys have been fabulous. I want to give everybody an opportunity to know how to find you if they are interested in talking to you about a a campaign. So what are next steps for people that are listening that would like to visit with you further about what you could do for their business? Um, I feel like in this format, the easiest way to do it is just go to our main website. Um, it's just go radigital.com, go radigital.com. And then um, you can surf around through there, see some of the options that we offer, learn a little bit more about Andrew and myself. And then there's a contact uh, tab in there and you can either schedule an appointment right on our calendar or of course our phone number, email, all that stuff is there. We're, we're over communicators. Um, so it won't offend you. It won't offend me if you text me, if you call me, if you email me, same thing with Andrew. Um, so we're really pretty easy to get a, get a hold of, but that's probably the best starting point. Awesome. Thank you. And for everybody that's listening, I want to make sure you know about the awesome giveaway we are doing right now. All of you that are interested in using digital media, we are going to do a giveaway for a $500 gift card toward a social media campaign of your choice. All you have to do is to enter is go out to www.theadvisorarena.com. That's the site for this podcast. You'll see you can email me at the bottom of the page. Just let me know you'd like the details of the contest to enter. And again, it's a $500 giveaway to the vendor of your choice, but I can't recommend you guys highly enough. You are fantastic. I appreciate all the work that you've done for our other advisors and for taking some time with us today. So thank you both. Thank you. And Jamie, I I hope it's okay. I want to, anybody that that calls us from this podcast uh, and and mentions that they they listen to it and uh, follow you, we want to offer a $250 discount 
uh, just for, for uh, your listeners uh, coming to us on, on any program that they'd want to run with us. Uh, we're happy to do that. Uh, first time kind of introductory, a hey, $250 off because you listen to Jamie in the podcast. Very generous. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Phone Andrew faces if you want to just tell me where to send it. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> I need that for my office. <laughs> trade. <laughs> you can trade. It's either or a $250 phone discount. Phone. You don't or, want my ugly mug hanging in your office. <laughs> or a fat head. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, guys, thank you. Have a great I day. I don't know about this.